With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. For Henley Completed Homes, now selling in Micklem and Officer. Henley.com.au. Australia versus the West Indies on SEN Test Cricket. Boland from the riverbank end, Ian Bowles, Brathwaite edges, first ball from Boland strikes. You can't keep a good man down. Scotty Boland on the board with the first of the second innings. Boland in again. Brooks wrapped on the pad, that looked close, out. Scotty Boland's got two for none. The legend grows. Last ball of Boland's over. End of Blackwoods, who's edging, caught it, Gully! Three in the over for Scotty! I've seen this movie before. Australia loves it! It's a box office blockbuster. And he's busted the West Indies open in six balls. Three for none in one of the great overs seen on this ground. Yeah, it felt really good. felt like I bowled well in the first innings, um, both yesterday and today, and um, sometimes you bowl well and don't get wickets, so I think, yeah, got a little bit of reward today, which is nice, but, and yeah, getting three and over, couldn't have dreamt of that. Scott Boland conjures an unforgettable over to propel Australia to the cusp of victory and enhance his cult-like status with the country's fans. Has the Victorian now stepped out of the understudy ranks to be a first-choice quick? Warner is batting, he's chopped it off. Oh dear, Dave Warner. Three runs on offer, and Warner checks out on 28. This used to be the Warner long suit. Slapping it all around and advancing the cause, it's not right now. It just doesn't look right. There's that look of, I'm defeated. He almost looks like he's defeated by the game. He can't take a trick at the moment. He denies this. He says he's up for it, he's up for the cricket. But the way he's playing his cricket at the moment, he's not the David Warner we knew. He's a 36-year-old man who, I hate to say it, he looks like his best days are behind him. And you've now got some serious questions to ask with a tour of India and a tour of England coming up. Coming on two years for a Test match, 100, would you say four half-centuries in his last 26 innings? And you, t- you talk about how things are getting tougher for, for Warner with the attack that South Africa forgot. Well, it's never easy in India either. Because we know what wickets we'll get over there. We, we will get turning pitches, no doubt about it. It's never been easy for any Australian batsman going there and trying to play in those conditions. And then on the back of that, what's after that? The Ashes in England. And having dominated discussions throughout the week for off-field matters, the Dave Warner debate now zeroes in on his place at the top of the order. Will the veteran opener make it to the tours of India and England? This is SEN Test Cricket. For Host Plus, an industry super fund for all Australians. Welcome Welcome to SEN Test Cricket. We gather for day four at Adelaide Oval, anticipating that the end would come at some point this afternoon or this evening. The West Indies are four for 38. Australia requiring six more wickets to go 11-0 in pink ball test cricket. 
the West Indies, their target is 497. But any thoughts of that were reduced to rubble by Scott Boland last night. So an hour away from the first ball of the day. It is uh, overcast in Adelaide today. There are patches of blue in the high cloud overhead, but there is no threat of disruption to the day's play. Jared Waitley with you. Our pre-game show is for Isuzu D-Max and MUX and for Trojan Tools, Tools Built Tough. Simon Kadich is by my side. Hello, Cats. Good afternoon, Jared. Buck and all our listeners. Chris Rogers, hello. Hello, Jared. Hello, Cat. Uh, we, we've gathered for the last rights of the West Indies series. Yeah, there's, there's probably not a lot holding them up at, at the moment. It's just going to have to come down to... A bit of personal pride, really, to see how hard that they fight out there today. Couldn't agree more. It's, it really does come down to that, I think. Whenever you're in these situations, it'll show the character of an individual comes out because they've probably got their minds thinking about the flight out, but there's still a test innings here for a number of them today to get something out of this tour. That's, that's always the, the tipping point, isn't it, right at the end as to whether the team is mentally checked out for what is a lost cause or whether they can stir just individually one or two of them and, uh, and prolong it. Yeah, and I think so far throughout this series, they've shown way more fight with the bat than they have with the ball. And that's probably been shown certainly in the first couple of innings in Perth and then first innings here. A few of them showed some fight, but they just haven't had the class to be able to take it deeper than they have. Simon Kadich and Chris Rogers, part of our call team for Bundaberg Ginger Beer. The defining aspect of yesterday's play was that one over from Scott Boland. Cricket is built on pecking orders. There's been three quicks in line for a long time in Australian cricket. Has Scott Boland shaken the foundations of that order, Simon? I think he has. Yeah, and I think he has because given the workload of all three across the three formats, given his experience, given the way he's grabbed these opportunities right from the word go in the Ashes last year, what is a massive series, and then coming back into this test match, he's done that, and I think he's yeah he's going to be hard to dislodge out of this team. Yeah, I think as a selection panel too, one of the things you you look for when you're picking your, your bowlers is, is who are those ones we can rely on, who, who are going to be durable, who are going to put the ball in the same spot over after over, and you, you, you think that there's little chance of them being injured. So from that point of view, and even we've seen with a couple of the niggles with, with guys coming into this test match, or perhaps more Boland with the preparation he's had um, away from the white ball stuff for Australia, he's probably be better prepared than, than the other three. That, that is an interesting aspect to it. So we know Hazelwood will miss the Gabba, uh, so he plays ahead of Nisa. Boland? Oh, definitely. Yeah. definitely. And then he has to play the MCG on the horses for courses policy. And if Sydney presents in the manner that Sydney has for the past few years, is Boland's a, a resource that you simply have to have, given what a turgid grind some of the cricket has been in Sydney. Yeah, well, there's only been the one first-class fixture there recently against WA, and I actually saw that wicket firsthand, and uh, it was really dry and cracked even before the game started, the day before the game. So, And the square is very, very dry. So whilst it, there'll be thought that you know maybe they look at two spinners, it actually, the SCG, when it's dry, suits the quicks because it can reverse and it can start to really keep low at times if the cracks open up. What, it is, what is it about him, Buck? So you're his state coach. He has conjured spells that are going to live long in the memory and he's done it as as a reserve player he's done it at the need of injury uh, and now I feel like there would be an, an Australian 
public revolt if he was left out of a team. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what, what sets him apart is, is just that unerring accuracy um, that goes with, I think, as, you, as the bowlers get older, they just um, innately develop that kind of, well, they develop that, that, that skill to be able to kind of move the ball a bit both ways. Um, and that's something you can't really teach. It's, it's, you learn that on your journey. You know, experiment and, and you figure out little things that, that work for you. And, and I, I was lucky enough to play with a lot of kind of guys right at the end of their career, and that's when that they were at their best because they, they had that skill. And, and you look at bowling, it doesn't look like he does much with the ball, but it does enough and both ways. And then as a batter, you kind of stand there almost hoping that the ball hits the bat. It's tough. Yes, yeah. And... and yeah, I mean, I think back to your point around Nisa as well. He, he's in these conditions. Yeah, that that's he's fantastic as well. And and I think if you look at the the data, his accuracy is is equally as good as Boland's. It's probably that difference on on pitches that are a little bit flatter. Um, Boland probably just because of the extra pace, a little bit more height. He just um, stands out a little bit more. And you tipped your hand cap last night as you would have him as the second player picked. For Ashes tests behind only the captain. Yeah, definitely. And I say that because I think one of the areas we probably had an issue with in England at times has been having the all those guys playing all the time and, and it's a tough series, five tests. And and this is normally it's tough just playing the five on their own, but this is on the back of India, which will be tough, and then on the back of this series coming up against South Africa as well. So it's a massive six months of test cricket and potentially this world test championship. So I think in terms of having specialists, it is nice to have test specialists and having been, and Buck knows this as well, when you play one format and you are going and playing first-class cricket in between, you develop your game because you're playing it all the time. And Scott Boland's doing exactly that. He's not chopping and changing all the time, albeit he is very good with the white ball as well. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out for him with BBL and everything. But, yeah, he's one of the first picked on that Ashes tour because of his skill set. And because of the lengthy bowls, which is perfect for those English conditions. It was rather lovely that yesterday's broadcast started with a conversation with him. And he's just so humble and quietly spoken. And um, he would be the least likely to attract the limelight that we've seen in major Australian sport in many a year. And the night ends with thousands of people chanting his name and bowing down before him. It's, the juxtaposition is beautiful. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's, he's actually a bit awkward with it, isn't yeah. he? And, and he'll be the first one to say, oh, you know, we asked how he's, how he's dealing with it, and he, he didn't really have an answer. He just, he's like, he just is dealing with it, a yeah. bit like what he's done throughout his, his cricketing career. But do I think that he, he loves these kind of, this fame that's coming, well, I don't really think so. He, but he loves what he what he does, and he loves the success. And I, I think, and I'm I probably could speak on behalf of Cat, Cat as well. Um, you can play like a lot of first class cricket, but you kind of you look at the the pinnacle and you think, am I good enough? That's all you want to know. Am I good enough to be um, at that level? And then, so for him to come in and and you know get rewards for the years of toil. Um, that would be the, the greatest pleasure he gets. Mm. No, he's a great story. I can't wait to see him bowl again this afternoon and then for the rest of this Australian summer. Uh, the other conversation is Dave Warner, who's been the centrepiece, really, of conversation for matters outside of his control. But it's, it, it is his batting. So we flagged this on the way into the summer. He's 36 years old. He's playing tests number 98. There is just a 
there are diminished returns as you get further into your aging days. And, and he is right at the end. He's forecasted himself. He would like to get through the test programming of, of this year. And by the next test summer in Australia, he's probably retired from the format. The question is a little more urgent now. His last test century is Sydney in January 2020 against New Zealand. So it's 14 matches and 25 innings without a century. It's 675 runs at 28 with four half centuries in the interim. But this year it's nine tests, 17 innings, 368 runs at 23, two fifties. And the comparison, which is fair, is his opening partner has played the same number of tests and the same number of innings and made 1,066 at 82. So you are right at the extremes. One opener's averaging 23 and one opener's averaging 82 and they are essentially the same age. What is the short term for Dave Warner? Well, I think if he was at the peak of his powers, we saw it here only, what was it, probably four years ago when he destroyed Pakistan. If he was at the peak of his powers like then, he would have destroyed this West Indian attack over these last two tests. But he hasn't, and he's made mistakes that he normally probably wouldn't when he was at peak. So he's already started to talk about the end or the finish line for test cricket. So I think the fact that that's even been mentioned means he's obviously thinking about it and... Who knows? It might even be, he might even be thinking it's the end of this test summer. We don't know. Only he knows that. But what I do know is that when it comes to someone like him who has done so well on these shores, he will be up for the challenge to prove the doubters wrong. So it won't be a surprise if he conjures something up in the next couple of tests. But it's going to be a tough ask against this South African attack. If they're all fully fit and firing, it'll be a lot harder than what he's just copped against uh, West Indies. However, sometimes that challenge gets the great players up. Yeah. So there's a big like you, you two have lived this, I haven't, right? But you have to be a little bit careful with yourself, I would have thought at the end. So if he does find something this summer, and there are two celebratory moments coming for him, there's his 100th test on Boxing Day, and there's what likely is the final test on home soil at the SCG, is do you take that as your victory lap, as your bow? and graciously go or do you go to the two frontiers which they've been grim for him and I'll give you the numbers around India and, and England and torture every last ounce out of yourself I think he probably has to have that conversation um, in his own head before the selectors actually then have to front up to facts and figures uh, I'll say this first of all I don't think many of us know what goes through his head. Yep. So it's, it's, it's pretty hard to understand. I, had a, I, I was down having a look at the pitch and he came out and had a conversation. And you can still hear that, you know, that, that fire burning in his, his belly. Like, he, he's, still, he's still there. He's still committed. Probably from my, um, what I've seen too is just, you know, like we, I think when you chop on too, and, and even some of the shots he's playing where he's kind of leaning back, and that comes from, you start to get worried about the ball coming a bit quicker. Um, and and I, I, it's hard to explain whether you, you I, I always thought I was picking the ball up pretty well, pretty similar. I just couldn't move. Like my body couldn't move the same way I, I, I wanted it to as it had when it was younger. And then, then that kind of, um, that belief that you're invincible starts to, to, to wear away. Um, and it gets harder and harder. So I, I reckon he's gone through that. He probably won't say that. Um, but, yeah, what about the challenge that is coming, the, the South African one? I, I'm, I'm not sure that he's 
how he's going to cope with, you know, particularly Norky going upstairs at him. How what is he going to do there? So it'll be interesting in terms of that conversation, because it, yeah, it is a challenge he's never mastered. Will he actually think, well, what am I going to get out of this? Yeah, and then the, the selectors have a responsibility, I think, as well. So India, eight tests, 388 runs at 24. And England, 13 tests, 651 runs at 26. No centuries in England, no centuries in India. And we know the last test series, five tests, 95 runs at 9.5. So eight of his 10 scores were single figures and three of them were ducks in a row. Like, that's... And, and he's substantially older taking him this time around. I feel like we'll gather in Sydney and Warner will take his final bow in Test cricket in the New Year's Test. I just think the one question, though, Jared, for the selectors is, well, if it's not him, who is it? Yeah, but it could have been anyone in the last tour of England. 95 at 9.5. Yep. I mean, you have to trust somebody else to do better than that, don't you? No, and it's, it, it's a tough one. You bring someone in in those conditions and kind of expect that they're going to fail and that's part of their journey or do you want to bring that person in perhaps where they can, they can have a bit more success get a bit more confidence and, and 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 build on their career from there yeah yeah and his white ball stuff's still fine so there's world cups and bbl and leagues all around the world so we're not ushering him out of cricket i, I just think it's really i think we're just watching the natural passage of time it was there last summer against england his his eye is not as sharp his movement is not as crisp and his reflexes are diminishing which is completely natural yeah and it's hard to compare the two formats white ball and red ball because there's such different games now the white ball when some of the wickets are playing is so flat the ball doesn't do anything so it's it's like watching a completely version of the game, and particularly the T20 format, which is becoming more and more like baseball. Whereas test cricket, when there is movement and when there is deterioration in the wickets and there is genuine quicks or or spinners that are turning the ball, then it's a different challenge. And that's what's coming up with, obviously, India first and then England. I guess the question for him is, and he'll be ask, asking himself this at the moment, is what's his perspective on how he wants to finish his career in test cricket? And I know, personally... You, you ask that question yourself, and, and it depends on how you're playing. But you, I, I felt that I wanted to go out and finish my career on a high. So you either pull up stumps a little bit early and don't take the risk that you're going to be on the wane, or he might go, you know what, I'm just going to back myself to keep performing. And, and that's what a lot of the, why probably a lot of the great players find it hard, because they want to keep going because they keep backing themselves that they'll be able to produce the goods again. But it doesn't always work like that in test cricket. What was your mindset at the end? Right. Oh, look, I was probably in a different position to him because I was just trying to, you know, make hay while the sun shines kind of thing. But I actually think you, you're probably better off comparing him to the likes of um, the, the, the Ricky Pontings, the, the, the guys who even, um, I think some of the, the English uh, players who have played from an early age, been in the bubble all the way through, and then they, they actually get to kind of early 30s and they've, they've almost had enough by then but he's still going at, at 36 um, which is a testament to him but yeah that that that's it's hard to judge what's going through his head with that but I don't know I reckon it, he must be thinking about life will still be pretty good outside of this bubble yeah the pitch report for Rainbird Smart Irrigation the intelligent use of water how's it look on day four 
looks like it's hardly been played on, Jared. Right. There's, yeah. there's not a lot of deterioration, really. There's a little bit of foot marks, but uh, it's obviously a lot drier now, so we'd expect that there to be some nice turn for Nathan Lyon, but it's held together really well. So it actually shows why the West Indies haven't had much potency because they haven't really done much damage through the crease. And our weather for Rainbird, smarter irrigation, the intelligent use of water. It's 22 degrees in Adelaide right now, heading for a top of 23. It's going to be partly cloudy. I suspect the whole day is played under reasonable cloud cover. Mitch Stark is going to join us shortly down on the boundary. Cat, you're heading in that direction. Adam Collins will be there. We'll uh, chat to the talisman at the front of the attack. The best pink ball bowler there's been yet in cricket. Mitch Stark coming up next. This is SEN Test Cricket for Host Plus. That's a plus.